Hey y'all, what's good? Welcome back to the Lip Bay Podcast. I am your host, Kerwin, and we will be talking about books that I really, 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 really enjoyed this year. Um, I read a lot of really great books. Um, so I have a notes app in uh, on my iPhone, like you all do probably if you have an iPhone. Um, and I just kept a running tally of how many books I read this year. So I read 65 books this year and I'm I think that's a really cool number, 65. Shout out to me. Um, I also just want to point out that it doesn't matter how many books you read, whether you read one and a half books in a year or 200, you're still a valid reader. Uh, and that's all that matters. Audiobooks count as reading, ebooks count as reading, um, reading newspaper articles from, you know, reliable sources. You know what I mean? Like you're you're doing the reading and I see you and I I hear you. So y'all are y'all are doing a great job no matter what your number is or if you're just somebody that's like I read and I don't count. Shout out to you cuz you're the real MVP. But let's let's move on and um <laughs> I'm just going to talk about some books that I read this year that I really loved and I probably brought them up at some point in this year, I'm going to bring it up again because my podcast and I do what I want. So the first book I want to talk about is The Prophets by Robert Jones Jr. I absolutely love this book. Um, so this, The Prophets follows Samuel and Isaiah. They are two young enslaved black men on a plantation. They have a, you know, romantic connection. They do their work. They help others. But, you know, every for the most part, everyone just kind of leaves them alone um and they just let them do them so we see their relationships from their lens from the lens of other people on the platform so whether that be you know the actual like plantation owners the you know other enslaved people good or bad um we just we see their relationships from many different lenses which is very interesting um, a lot of themes that were covered in this book were fetishization of black men, uh, or black people in general, though, colonialism, uh, the role that religion plays in villainizing the queer community, uh, and it just questions, like, what is masculinity? You know what I mean? What does it mean to be a masculine man, a man-man? Does loving another man make you less than a man? That kind of thing. It just gives you so many questions. So many things to think about, I should say. Um, so yeah, so there's also a timeline where you read about the transatlantic slave trade. Um, it talks about the actual violence, negligence, and poor conditions of the enslaved people on the ships. Um, I remember very vivid, like, imagery of like what Robert Jones Jr. talked about or described uh, in this book. I won't go into detail about it, um, but the conditions were not good at all. And sometimes you're going to need to put this book down no matter who you are and just take a break. And that's okay. This wasn't a book that was meant to just zoom right through. Like you're supposed to think about what you're reading when you're, especially when you're reading this book. So sit with the feelings that you have for sure. Um, it also covers white missionaries doing more harm than good and like the parallels to like their white saviorism as well, which I thought was very interesting. Um, 
And just seeing black men and women as baby-making machines to produce more labor. So they're seeing us as, you know, workhorses, but they're, you know, just to, like, produce more people to work. Yeah, and it's, there's, a, there's a parallel to capitalism in there somewhere, I'm sure. But what I will say is that the writing is amazing. It is a hard subject matter, but, like, as black people in this country... Our history is like it's it's pretty hard to swallow for sure. Like it's hard to read about. It's it's hard to you know it's not easy to pick up a book like this for sure. Um, but I think that you know this book is very important, and I'm glad that it was written for sure. Next up is a book that I for sure have brought up just this year alone on this podcast at least five other times. So it is take a hint. Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert. You all know I love that book. It follows Danny and Zaff. Um, Danny is a black bisexual bookworm and college professor. She's also a witch. She's very spiritual. Um, you know, she's been burned by love in the past and made to believe that, you know, there was something wrong with her because her career was important to her and that, you know, she she felt like she didn't love the right way because, you know, pe- you know she was just with people that weren't they just weren't compatible, but she couldn't see that then. Um, and so, you know, Zaf is described as a brooding security guard that works in Danny's building. They're friends already. And, you know, he has experienced like family, like tragedy and trauma a few years back. And he started his own like nonprofit where he teaches young men, uh, athletes, how to be in touch with their feelings, which I thought was so beautiful. Um, and, you know, Danny is only interested in friends with benefits. Zaf definitely wants, like, a relationship. But they, you know, agree to get into this fake dating relationship to kind of help Zaf with his nonprofit after they go viral for, you know... Well, yeah, they go viral for, like, an elevator accident or incident. Not an accident, it's an incident. So that's what I'll say about that. I feel like I talk about this book too much, but I talk, I bring it up all the time because I just, I love this book so much. Like this book is the second in the series because there's three books all together, but each book is about a different sister. So this book was about Danny Brown. The first book was about Chloe Brown and the third book was about Eve Brown. And I think the reason that I really connected with this book was because I saw so many like parallels to me and Danny um, and just how we view like relationships and being like hurt in the past and just trying to move past that. But also, you know, and just having our careers that we love, having things that are important to us, but like we do, we are worthy of love. We just love differently and that's okay. Um, But then we have Chloe Brown and Eve Brown which I also really enjoyed the other two books as well. But it's just like, you know, Chloe and Eve ended up with white dudes, which is fine. But it's, I just, I love that Danny ended up with another person of color. I just thought that that just hit a little harder for me because you know I'm tired of watching white people fall in love. I'm just, I'm sick of it. I see it all the time. I'm done. I don't want it. Another great read was Ring Shout by P. Jelly Clark. Um, so basically this book is about three women who slay Ku Kluxes. The Ku Klu- the Ku Kluxes are actual monsters, like actual beasts, like not from this world, like 
actually from hell but so are the people like the ku kluxes the people are actually from hell as well so i guess there's a direct parallel there um but basically they're terrorizing macon georgia um and they are trying to convert the other white people to Klu to ku klux members as well through the movie birth of a nation to bring hell on earth um this book is like 170 pages i remember the first time i read it I read it in a day, and then I reread this book in like October, I believe. This book is amazing. Um, I love the women. I love that there was also like a magical element to this book as well. I don't want to get too much into it, but like it's a very short read. It's a great read. I loved it. I'm sure the audiobook would be bomb as well, um, but I read the physical book for this one. So yeah, I highly recommend Ring Shout by P. Jelly Clark. Another notable favorite and also another really short read is The Deep by River Solomon. Um, it follows Yetu, who is a mer person descended from enslaved pregnant women thrown overboard during the transatlantic slave trade. Yetu is the historian of her people and is responsible for holding on to all the painful memories and trauma um, that her people have endured historically in the past. Um, so, you know, Yetu decides that it's too much for her, basically. She's just like, you know, I have to hold on to all this pain and trauma so that our people don't have to remember. And so Yetu runs away. And all that generational trauma is just sitting there for the people to, like, feel for themselves now. And so that's all I'll say about that. The book is amazing. It's a very short read. Um, I'm sure the audiobook would be lit. Um, but yeah, I just, this book was amazing. I have only good things to say about it. I'll always like recommend it to people, especially people that are like, oh, I don't have time and stuff like that. I get it though. Like we're busy. We're busy. There's things going on. We got shit to do. I get it. So yeah, this is a great book. If you just need a little short something, something to read on your own time in your own time. Next up, I want to talk about Love and Color by Bolu Babalola. This is a book of short stories um, that revolve around love. It is, it is woman-centered love stories. Um, it's about balance and relationships, challenging gender roles and patriarchy. And yeah, it's just a book of short stories about women being loved on, and I'm always here for that. Black women specifically. Hello. Yes, so I'm, I'm very much here for this. Um, happy endings for black women and yeah I just I should actually reread this book yeah I was like I should actually reread this because I just remember I remember like reading it and just after each story I was just like oh like I was just like this oh my god this story so and I think I did it after every single every single um story it was that good yeah so I highly recommend it um woman-centered love stories without the misogyny keep that shit away like i just loved it I, I think it was amazing and i think you would love it too oh my gosh so another book this close to okay by lisa cross smith i absolutely love this book i love the story um the cover was beautiful let's just point that out all of, i think all of these covers were actually beautiful so there's that um, but yes, so it follows Tally, who is a black therapist in Louisville, Louisville. I think that's how you're supposed to say it. Oh my gosh. And she's going through a divorce. 
um, she is driving home one day and she sees this guy like standing on the bridge like he's gonna jump but not but he's gonna jump but not so she stops she pulls over her car and she's like hey like come get dinner with me let's just talk blah 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 and they end up spending the um spending the weekend together and um i just remember in this book like being i thought it was like really funny that like when they were first when she was first like yeah like you can sleep on the couch and you know like just chill here like they were both kind of going through each other's things, trying to figure out who each other, like who who they each were. And it was like, instead of just having the conversation of being like, hey, like, who are you? Like, what's your story? Like, they were just like digging through each other's things. It was so weird. But um, I don't want to give anything else away about this story because I just, there was, there was a bigger story at hand and it would be too much for me to go into detail about but I also don't want to ruin anything I don't want to spoil it it was amazing it was such a great book and like a lot of great themes around mental health which I was here for but also just like flaws in the soul in the in the justice system which we know there are a lot of flaws there so you know this might be the book for you up next we are going to talk about the kiss quotient by Helen Huang Loved it. I loved all the books in this series, honestly. Um, but the kiss culture follows Stella, who is feeling pressure from her family to start dating and to get married and have kids. Um, her coworker informs her that she needs to be good at sex in order to find a relationship. So with that new knowledge, she hires an escort to teach her how to have sex. And so Michael, Q, Michael, Michael enters. And Michael realizes very early on that she actually doesn't need help uh, with sex. Like, sex isn't the problem. He was just like, you know, you need relationship experience. Like, you, you've never been in a relationship before, so you need, like, experience on, like, what a partnership is. <laughs> so I'm glad Michael could help. Um, so, yeah, Stella is on the autism spectrum. Uh, she makes a lot of money. She works in, like, economics and like tech somehow like she makes a lot of money michael is an escort um and you know very humble beginnings and has a dream of working in fashion which i thought was really cool i think that like that's the thing that really intrigued me about this book too while i was reading it was like the gender roles right because usually i feel like we have the man that works in tech makes all this money and it might be the woman that just makes less money in the relationship but the the two things were like flip-flops so it's like stella is the one that is, you know, making all of this money and Michael is like making a little bit less money and, you know, he wants to work in fashion and like construct garments. And, you know, I think that sometimes fashion, fashion and fashion design can be seen as like a feminine thing to do. But I love that we have like this man that is like, nah, like I love constructing garments. Like I sew, I, I do alterations, I do this. You know, and so I just thought that that was just really cool to me because a lot of times, you, like when, especially when you read romance, it's like men have quote unquote manly jobs, like construction, and I don't know what's a manly job. I don't know. Yeah, so I just I thought that this book was very cool, um, and I also just like that this book like really focused on consent, especially, but consent for both of them. Yeah, consent for both of them. Like I think. The fact that all of these like contemporary romances now are like centering consent 
is a game changer for these like contemporary romance like stories. I think that that is like one of the biggest things that were, was missing when I was like coming up and reading like these white stories and you know, it, this stuff is supposed to be sexy, but it's like, no, it's like, that's actually not sexy because there was no consent. You know what I mean? So The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang was absolutely amazing. I also enjoyed The Bride Test by Helen Huang and The Heart Principle. I love The Heart Principle because I love Quan. Oh my God, I can't stop saying it. I just love Quan so much and I'm glad I got to get like, you know, a deeper look into his world in the heart principle. And I hope that maybe, maybe one day we can get like a whole book just of Quan because that's what I want. Next up, I want to talk about The Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe. I thought this book was absolutely amazing. I thought the writing was really great. And this is a historical fiction. And I just, I felt like it was very believable for what it was. Um, so The Last Night at the Telegraph Club follows Lily, who is a Chinese-American girl in high school. Uh, she lives in San Francisco during the Red Scare. Her family, specifically her father, is being threatened with deportation from the country because he is believed to be protecting communists. At the same time, Lily is developing feelings for her classmate, Kath. Now, this is also the time... Uh, Kath is a, a lady, um, and this is also the time at a time where like being gay was like a crime. You can get sent to like, you know, like uh, mental institutions for being like queer or gay. Like it was seen as a disease at this time. So like Lily having feelings for Kath was not good because that could be something used against her father to be deported back to China. So, you know, she's dealing with that. Um, so there's this place called the Telegraph Club, which is only a place where, you know, queer women and LGBTQIA plus people hang out in this. Well, no, it's a, it's a club for women only. <laughs> That's how it was described in the book. It's a, <laughs> it's a club for women only, uh, queer women. Uh, you know, it's the only place where they can feel like semi-safe, like being in that space together and doing what they do. So that's what it is. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that this book did a really great job of like setting the tone for like what gayness and queerness looked like, you know, in society to, you know, to people's like neighbors and classmates and like people's views on like, being queer and like what the community had to say about it and things like that so yeah this book was amazing I listened to the um to the audiobook which was amazing glad I did the audiobook for sure I would also like to own this book though as like a physical book so I might go ahead and buy that once my buying hiatus is over of course um so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens there but the Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe was absolutely amazing. Um, it is a young adult novel, um, but the writing slapped. The writing was great. Like, oh gosh, I I just maybe I should like re-listen to that book because it was very it was very good, and I just thought that the historical context too was just like. You know, it was very well researched as far as I'm concerned and just very like authentic 
for I mean, it's authentic for somebody who was not alive during that time. So it seems like they really did do their Melinda Lowe really did do her research there, which I loved. Next up, we have The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So Evelyn Hugo is like this famous movie star in the 1920s slash 30s. Um, Evelyn Hugo is actually a woman of color, but in order to be successful at this at that time in Hollywood, um, she uh, used her white passing superpowers to level up, level up, level up. So, you know, she has been known, she is definitely, she was hot in the tabloids at the time. She was known to like be married seven different times on seven different occasions and just shaking up the Hollywood scene with the roles she was taking and just everything. Um, Each man came with a different lesson. There are themes of racism, sexism, double standards, and even colorism. Um, so in this book, Evelyn Hugo, like she doesn't, she's known for not really doing interviews, but she asked specifically for this journalist named Monique. Um, and so Monique is confused cause she's never met Evelyn Hugo and she's a huge star. And she was just like, well, I don't understand why she asked me, but, um, Evelyn hires her to basically write her memoir so she has to, so Monica has to like go to her penthouse every day and like listen to her talk and make notes and do all of this. And then we, you know, down the line in the book, we just noticed that like their two storylines have connected before. And you, when you learn how it connects, it makes you feel some type of way. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but I, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed this book a lot. I really enjoyed the story. I thought it was very good. Um, there, I checked the trigger warnings for this for sure, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the the writing was very good. Um, there are some other books that I do want to pick up by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, I do have one of her other books. It's called like Daisy and the Six or something like that. I'll get to it when it comes up next. But yeah. Um, and what is that? Malibu Rising. I think that was the other, the name of her other book. But yeah, I heard she's just killing it in the literary scene right now. And from this book, I can see why. She's a very good writer. So yeah. So the next book I want to talk about is called Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Everesto. Um, this follows 12 different British women across, you know, all intersections of identity these are women of different class, cultures, and sexual identities, uh, and gender identities as well. Um, I think that it's better to go into this book blindly, but basically each chapter is about a different person. And I thought that this book was amazing. It was a very emotional ride, um, but it's also just a very great, hmm, what should I say? It's like a very good look at you know, being black in the UK, right? And like how that was like, you know, in in the past. Cause we, I feel like everybody, everybody knows about how it was to be black and how it is to be black in the US. But I feel like sometimes people think like, oh, well the racism can't be as bad in like the UK and stuff like that. And I'm like, just because there aren't like, you know, or maybe there weren't, 
you know, hella stories about whatever, that doesn't mean that racism wasn't there or whatever. You know what I mean? People are dealing with racism everywhere. If you are black in any country, you're dealing with some kind of racism or prejudice, unfortunately. You know what I mean? You're always dealing with some type of bullshit. Um, over some shit that you can't control like it's just it's just crazy like the hoops we have to go through to be like to just be (laughs) so I think it's better to just go into this book a little blindly but just know that each chapter is a story of a person one specific person and all of their all of their stories kind of tie to one another as well so I I went into this book blindly. I found it in the library and I was very intrigued by the name, um, the name of the book. And then I read the synopsis on the back and I saw that there was a non-binary influencer. And I was like, I'm definitely going to take this book home. Yeah. And just give yourself time to like read it and sit with each person that you read about too. Because like this is not a book meant to like just blow through in a day. So... Take your time, let it soak in, think about what you just read. So next up, I want to talk about Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner. I absolutely love this book. It is a memoir of Michelle Zahner. Um, She is the lead singer of uh, Japanese Breakfast. Um, I had not gotten into Japanese Breakfast, their discography before, this book um and then while I was reading it I was like well let me like listen to their latest album it's called Jubilee um and I love Jubilee I think that the album was just so well done uh it's just amazing if you haven't listened you should definitely take a listen um let me see so yeah um I kind of just went through their whole um discography after that and I just now I got a new favorite artist wow look at that So in this book, she talks about, this is a direct quote from the book, it's a complicated desire for whiteness. And I don't know about this from a a person who is half white, half Korean, but I know about that from someone who is black and has grown up in this country. Um, It's just like, it just brought up so much for me when she was talking about like, growing up in like Eugene, Oregon and like everybody's like super white and I just remember like growing up in Chicago and you know being feeling alienated sometimes because I quote unquote liked white people shit like I would listen to like Vampire Weekend and like Phoenix and like other white people bands and I was very into like MTV and shit like that and people were just like oh like we don't listen to that or whatever yeah, and I don't know. I felt like in my like 20s, that's when I was constantly trying to prove to white dudes that I was like lovable and that I could be such a good partner. And I was just like, but we have so much in common, right? We have so many things that we both like. And I just, I took it upon myself to make it my job to show them that. Um, and that is not what she said at all. But, you know, she has her own experience and you should read about it in her book, Crying in H Mark. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like... Let me see. What I think I put another quote in here. Michelle's came from her identity. Ah, 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 ah yes. So let me read these notes because <laughs> that's why they are here. So going back to the complicated desire to whiteness, Michelle's desire came from, you know, her identity. 
And then my desire came from a place of desirability or a lack thereof, I should say. Um, I also love the part where she was talking about seeing Karen O for the first time. Because Karen O is a badass bitch. Um, and she was basically just talking about, like, you know, how do I get to do that? Like, I'm seeing this awesome, like, you know, half American, half white, half Korean girl on stage, like, being a badass bitch. She was like, how do I get to be that? And she was like, you know, there's already one of us doing this, so I can't be another girl doing this. But she also said that, like, you know, if the tables were turned and she was a white person, white men never have that thought of like, oh, there's already a guy doing this kind of music. I can't do that. They always have that, like, they don't even have that idea of like, I can't do that because another white dude's doing that. And I just thought that that was so strong. Um, and like her talking about like Karen O, like got me like feeling nostalgic about like, uh you know Fifi Dobson like what Fifi Dobson did for me back what was that like 2003 and like Reese uh there was this artist their name is I, I don't know if it's Reese or if it's Rez it's R-E-S they had this album I think the album was called How I Do and it came out in 2001 and I just remember this bitch is so cool like because the album is like R&B, hip hop, and like alternative as well. And I was like, what is this? Like, I remember hearing that um, album for the first time. And I think like, it's still one of my albums to, the, to this day. And it just changed my life. Cause I was like, this is a black woman doing this. You know what I mean? And I was like, so excited about that. And also like Santa Gold, when that shit came out in 2008, girl, like <laughs> that album changed my life i will always say this too 2008 was such a great it was such a great year for music it was such a, so many bangers came out in 2008 yo google that shit 2008 was such a good time for music but like that santa gold album you know she's this like artsy black woman from i think new york city maybe brooklyn and like, she is just a bad ass, like, and she just does her own thing. I saw her live once and she was just, ugh, she was just everything. You know what I mean? And I was like, just giving alternative black girl vibes. I was just happy for it. And like people that I listen to now, like Willow, like I wish Willow was around when I was like younger, but I'm glad she's, you know, doing her thing now. Uh, Meet me at the altar. Love that they're out. And then Diana Lopez, of course, like those are people that are black and that are like doing great things for music. And I don't know, it just that Karen O section brought up that stuff for me. Um, and then, you know, the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even tell you all like what the memoir is like. Well, it's a memoir, sure. But this is a memoir about Michelle's honor who talks about the loss of her mom. So loss of a parent, which is never, it's never an easy thing to go through. And, um, you know, and how she used food almost in like a healing, you know, food was such an important, it, important, it was such an important role in their relationship together. And after she passed, you know, Michelle still, you know, has that focus on food, you know, to connect to her mom as well. 
And I remember in the book, she said, Michelle said something about like, you know, once her mom was gone, she felt like she had like no connection to her life in like South Korea. And I, that shit just hit so hard. It just did like this, this memoir was absolutely amazing. If you see it at the library, you should definitely check it out. If you see it at Target, pick it up. Like it's, it's very good, you know? I mean, I guess unless you're not like a memoir person, but otherwise, <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, that being said, you know, her grieving, you know, her mom, um, I actually lost my dad a few years ago. And um, when I was reading this book, it brought up so much for me and it brought up so many good memories that like I kind of forgot about between me and my dad. And I was just like, I'm going to use this time to kind of gloat about my dad because he was like really awesome. So here we go. My dad also loves food and he loved to cook. Uh, he was very into barbecue. He had his own rib rub, like, you know, like ribs and like, yeah, like, you know how people use rubs. Yeah, like he had his own rub like that he created, which was very cool. Like he really did take care of like me and my family a lot like he fed us he made sure we were good like food was like mm, our connection to him as well um i remember <laughs> i remember he used to go to like health food stores and like he used to bring home like hummus and like pico de gallo i still remember this day like it was like yesterday i was like in high school and he like came home and he was like oh my god like kerwin i I tried this stuff at the health food store. It's called hummus. You have to try it. And I was like, okay. And like, that shit slapped. I was like, oh, hummus, you say? Yeah, that shit was good. And then like, I just remember one time I like made my own pico de gallo and he was like so excited. He was like, oh my God, is that pico de gallo? I was like, what do you know about pico de gallo, bro? Like, what is going on? Yeah, like it was just, I don't know. It was so cool. Like just, oh my God. And I like, for it's not that I forgot about him. It's just like, I just didn't I just don't think of those memories that often I guess for whatever reason and I was like those are really good ones and I was like I don't want to forget those I also remember like he really wanted he used to make Brussels sprouts quite a bit and like I remember like he would be like oh Brussels sprouts are so good for you and I was like no like I don't want that I don't want Brussels sprouts like they're nasty blah 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 he was like just have one just have one I'm like no I don't want it and I would still have it but I'd be like I don't know. It's weird because I actually love Brussels sprouts now. So I think I was just being a brat, <laughs> which I'm known to be sometimes. It's fine. But <laughs> I was just like, I actually love Brussels sprouts now. And I was like, why was I such a brat like back in the day? Like, oh, I don't want to eat Brussels sprouts. But I actually like love Brussels sprouts now. But he was like, I think he was like disappointed that I didn't like Brussels sprouts for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, he was very big into garbage into barbecue he used to barbecue like at multiple points of every single summer um and that is when i was a meat eater okay like i loved all the meat give it to me because he he like made the hell out of some chicken you know he cooked the hell out of that chicken he like barbecued the hell out of like ribs and just all this meat it was so good so like i was just summer was always like a good time and then I remember going vegetarian and I remember this is like my dad being super kind. 
I remember being vegetarian and my dad would like cook for me and the family and he would be like oh I know you're vegetarian so like I made the big batch of this with meat in it for the rest of us but he was like I made you a little batch with just like more veggies and stuff and I just remember being like damn that is so nice like my you know what I mean like he didn't get mad when he told when I told him I was like yeah I'm not eating meat anymore he was just like okay and he just was like well you still gotta eat so here we are and I was like yo what a great dad um <laughs> and let me see what else how else can I gush about you oh yes and so after school so um this was like my I think it's my senior year of high school and you know I was killing it in school just kidding I was a C student and uh, but I had this after school program that I went to where it was like we did like video editing and I was like so excited about it and like my school was on like the southeast side of the city and the the place was on like all the way on the north side and so like my dad would like pick me up from school on those days and he would like he like made lunch for me so he like made me a sandwich got me a bag of chips got me a bottle of water and he'd be like okay well like you eat this because he was like by the time you get home you know it's gonna be like nine or ten o'clock he was like you know like you have to eat between like and you got to you know you got to school at 7 a.m you're leaving at three now you have to get here by four like he was like you have to eat so he would like make me lunch and he would drive me to the train station uh so then instead of my trip being like two hours on the train my trip downtown would be like maybe 45 minutes um and I just think that that was just like very sweet of him to do that because he didn't have to do that but he did and let me see the last thing I want to say is let me see so in high school all throughout high school I did this culinary arts apprenticeship thing and I could just tell that like my dad was like super proud of me he would always say like you know people always need to eat like I think it's great that you're getting into cooking and blah 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 it's also a really great life skill this and that and I could always just tell when he would like come to like our showcases and stuff that he was just very proud of me both my parents really um you know but he was just so proud and like you know that is how we like connected and I actually liked baking at the time more than I like cooking um because I used to just bake like cookies and muffins and cupcakes and cakes and just I just loved baking more but it was like I'm I don't know I'm just grateful for all that time we had together and all the good food that we like tried together as well like I just remember him being so excited to bring stuff home from like the health food store and be like Karen you gotta try this like and so yeah <laughs> reading this book brought up so many like good memories uh about me and my dad and it also just made me kind of think about the day when we lost him and we weren't really expecting it at all it came as a surprise to all of us um and that was a very hard day and what I will say about grief is that you know you never really truly get over something like that especially when you're so close to that person you kind of grow around it right you know what I mean yeah it's like that hole is there, but I think that that's also a time for you to not isolate either, which is what I tried to do, but my family wouldn't let me. Damn you! No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm really appreciative of that because I, 
I shut down for a few years actually because I just didn't know what to do. This was a man that like always, you know, called me beautiful. He always thought I was beautiful. Um, he loved his family. And um, when he passed away, you know, men after that never added up. You know what I mean? Like, they never called me beautiful and meant it. They always wanted something from me. And, uh, you know, it's hard to lose a parent, especially in your early 20s. At any time, it's just hard to lose a parent because that person has always been there and you know they love you and they're doing the best they can. And, uh, yeah, so bringing... So that book just brought up a lot for me um, with like my dad. And I just wanted to use this time to just remember him because he, he was definitely someone worth remembering. He is someone worth remembering for sure. Okay, I'm done crying now. Next up, we are going to talk about My Sister, the Serial Killer by Onyinken Braithwaite. Uh, this story follows Coraday and Ayola. Ayola is the serial killer. Corday is her sister, and she is also the cleanup crew for her sister's murders. Corday is the older sister, works in a hospital as a nurse. Um, according to her mom, she can't get a man. She's never really seen as a romantic option or sought after by men. Now, however, Ayola is beautiful, effortless. Men love her. They are hypnotized by her body and can't really get past that, like the external. Corday is in love with the doctor that she works with. You know, she listens to him and daydreams about them being together. One day, Iola visits and Iola well, uh, visits Corday at work, and the doctor asks Corday for her sister's number, and she's absolutely crushed. Um, Corday asks the doctor what he loves about Iola at one point. And he just says something to the effect of like, you know, oh, she's just beautiful. She's just very special and I love her. She's beautiful. And he didn't even like know her at all. So yeah, this story was like a thriller, but it had fantastic themes that I've seen like in action in real life. Uh, themes such as men seeing women as objects. They want to have a baddie on their arm to impress other men, but aren't interested in what they have to say. Um, there is no depth to the relationship. And all the while, like, Men were dispensable to Iola, and Corday had to put effort in just to be seen. Also, it touches on beauty standards, putting on, you know, makeup or nicer clothes, or also like buying into like respectability product or politics. I'm so sorry. Um, so yeah, it also talks about like centering men around happiness and like fulfillment, and men seeing relationships as being transactional as well. So this book was um, this book was excellent, in my opinion. Um, it's also kind of a short book as well. I actually listened to the audiobook, um, and then after that, I bought the physical book because I was like, I'm definitely gonna like read this again. And I think that was oh yeah yeah yeah. So I'm definitely gonna read this again, and I think that you all should read this too. Um, it was just, it was really great. It was really great. The themes were on point and you don't lose anything. You know what I mean? From, wait, what was I about to say? 
You have nothing to lose by just reading this book. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say by not reading the book. And I was like, wait, no. Like, you should just read this book. So if you see it at the library, check it out. See it at Target. I see it at Target all the time. And it's not very expensive. So you should, well, I, 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 let me take that back. I don't know your financial situation. But if you see it and you think you want to read it, you should get it. And the last book I want to mention is, drumroll please, How Star Fuentes Fell in Love with the Universe by Ra Raquel Vasquez Gilliland. 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 <laughs> so sorry, girl. Gilliland. I think that's how you say it. So yes, we follow Moon, who is 17 going on 18. She has a twin sister. Um, star who is an influencer religious influencer jesus influencer if you will um she lives in her sister well in, by she i mean moon moon lives in star shadow you know um star is skinny religious flawless you know perfect and moon is you know she's a bigger girl as well and she's just used to kind of blending into the background and moon but there are so many good things there are so many cool things about moon and let me tell you some cool things about moon moon is a photographer she's an artist she creates what we call earth art or what she calls earth art um so she takes a lot of elements from nature and puts it in her art which is very cool she is also creating and designing her own tarot deck in this book which i thought was so awesome so basically star gets invited to go on this influencer tour for the summer and their star and moon's mom is like well star you can't go if moon doesn't go and so moon was like all right cool um and she is the merch girl and the merch girl is getting paid bank on this tour so she's like hell yeah i'm going to get this money because she got plans okay she's trying to like pay for college on her own she doesn't want help she's just like i'm trying to go to college for art that's what i'm trying to do boom 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 so i need this money so while she's work, you know, uh, she's the merch girl. She's merching, if you will. Um, San Santiago, who was also a brother. Well, he's he is the brother of the person who makes the the photogram app, which everyone is using, which is like our equivalent to Instagram, basically. So Santiago is also the merch person too. And at first they kind of butt heads, but then, you know, they kind of grow on each other and, you know, it's kind of like an enemies to lovers situation. But I feel like there is a romantic element here to this book, but the book is not just about Moon and this and Santiago. It's not really just about them. It's really about Moon and her growth and her past as well. Um, trigger warnings for physical abuse and emotional abuse. Um, I, what I will say is that her mom was hella toxic to her, her entire life star. I would say 65 to 75% of the book star was toxic to moon, which is another kind of evil because y'all are twins. And I thought twins were supposed to be like the closest, you know what I mean? The closest of the close. So I was very disappointed in star for more than half of this book because she was a damn fool. Um, but one thing I would love to see for Star, um, if another book in this series is to be made, I would love to see a book just on Star. I would love to see like her origin story, if you will. I would love to see 
you know, her, how she got into influencing for Jesus. I would love to see, you know, her talking about her sexuality. And I would love to see her and how she handles like maybe a rebrand of her brand after after she gets her shit together. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I just spoiled this for you a little bit, but maybe I didn't. So yeah, um, I love this book and I just finished it like yesterday. It was amazing. It was so emotional. Um, this book will break your heart, but like it will make you laugh. It will make you so happy. Um, what I will say too is um, because we got to hold these dudes accountable. Santiago did not handle some some news well towards the end. It was like the main conflict between him and Moon. And I just feel like it could have been kind of nipped in the bud real quick because all he had to do was ask his brother. And he didn't. And that was on him. And I was like, you know, he let that toxic masculinity, you know, creep in. And I was like, Santiago. But I gave him a break because he's, he's 17 and 18 and he learned his lesson. You know what I mean? I had to remember that these people are 17, 18, like they're young. So like they haven't even lived life yet. <laughs> You know, so I, I love this book. It is a young adult novel and it was fabulous. It was good. I have nothing but good things to say. If you see this at the library, pick it up. If you see it at Target, get it. Okay, it was, it was like, this book has so many layers it don't make no sense. Like Raquel like did that with this book. Raquel is the author, if you forgot. <laughs> but yeah, so these are my like, best like favoritest reads of this year but I read so many great books this year and I am hoping that 2022 will also be a very good reading year as well I'm very excited for 2022 reading wise now when it comes to 2022 just in life I don't know y'all I don't know what we're gonna do because uh the CDC said I'm just kidding but for real <laughs> the CDC just said uh y'all gotta get back to work and uh they don't, you know, they're shortening our, uh, not response time, but recovery times. And they really want us to just participate and just like deadly capitalism. And I am just not really a fan. So y'all take care. Make sure you're, you know, taking the time that you need to take for your mental health. Um, you know, do what you can. I know we're all busy out here and some people don't have the luxury to work from home. People don't have the luxury for anything anymore because... <laughs> shit is a mess um but i hope that you're doing well and um thank you so much for listening i really appreciate you all right well i'll talk to you later have a good week love you okay bye